0: Welcome, sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast.
1: To another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Seth. I'm Chris. (laughs) And uh, it's just the three amigos today. Uh, Linda's. uh, Troublemakers. (sighs) Yeah, Linda's working. Jenna's babying. Seth is babying a sore throat. Um, I'm not. I mean, I mean, Charles, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just said, I'm Seth. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm confused today.
2: Can't trust Uh, Captain Bill to keep us all straight here. No, no.
1: (laughs) I'm just going to blame it on age. (laughs) I'm at the age where you can blame anything on age.
2: Ah, which begs the question: Should you remain in command of this podcast? (laughs) That's a good question.
1: (laughs) I sense a uh, a mutiny. Uh, well, on uh, this show, uh, we want to touch on uh, some Star Trek stuff going on. So uh, we had the uh, season two finale of Star Trek: Picard, so we want to talk a little bit about that, and uh, the premiere of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. And um, unfortunately, Seth is not up on either of those, but I'm sure he'll jump in with Slacker. questions. Uh, well, yeah, think kind of a to watch, Bill kind of a slacker and um, all kind of video uh,
2: games to finish bill do you ever ask about my video games no it's always your star trek this and your star trek that. i'll get to it
1: well we're going to dedicate an episode to your uh your game seth so then you can prattle on about these games you're playing
2: excellent because
1: i all have right.
2: some things to tell you all <laughs>
1: All right, Um, and uh, so Chris is a little bit behind on uh, Star Trek Picard, a couple episodes (laughs) behind, I guess, so he hasn't seen the end, but um, fair warning, there's probably going to be some spoilers here, Seth, or Chris has okayed uh, the spoilers, Um, so we're going to go ahead with those, and um, so let's kick it off here, so... um, Let's see. What's the last thing you remember seeing, uh, Chris, in Star Trek? Um, for me, it
3: was either starting or getting halfway through the episode where um, it kicks off with Picard. looks like he's been uh, shot or something, but they were going to some kind of uh, ball or gathering. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, uh, that was the, uh, the episode I was getting into. Uh, but I don't remember what happened after that. Um, and where that kind of went. So, but the, the Borg queen had started messing with what's her, what's her name's head a little bit and it became clear that Girardi wasn't necessarily, uh, 100% herself. So.
1: Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So towards the end of the season, um, um, Girardi and, and the Borg queen sort of merged. Um, Girardi had to kill the Borg queen. Um, but knowing that the Borg Queen was essential to their um, opportunity to return back to the future because of her command of time, um, Jurati allowed the Borg Queen to um, slip her consciousness into her. So as the Borg Queen's dying, Jurati got close enough that the Borg Queen could touch her and, um, you know, uh, stick her... um, tubules in and uh <laughs> yeah it was kind of like wait wait what huh yeah hmm. and i inject her with her uh, nanites or whatever they are that that course through their blood so um as we see the uh the season progress from that point onward um the borg queen uh begins to exert more and more control over jiradi until um, towards the end it's uh, pretty much all borg queen or so we think. Um, but during that period when Gerardi's kind of out of sight, out of mind, she's actually uh, traipsing through the Borg Queen's consciousness, learning all kinds of interesting things about the Borg Queen, which in the final episode allows her to manipulate the Borg Queen um, in such a way that... Um, their relationship changes and the Borg queen and Jurati, uh essentially form a partnership uh, because Girati knows from being able to, to share consciousness with the Borg queen that in every timeline that the Borg queen has, is aware of the same thing ultimately happens. The Borg, Ends up being devastated and destroyed. And so Gerardi essentially uh, convinces the Borg Queen that maybe the way you're going about things is not <laughs> the best way for the collective, <laughs> right? Maybe going
2: around the galaxy kicking over every hornet's nest isn't <laughs> right, a giant bag of dicks isn't the best way to ensure survival for your species, right? Yeah. Right, eventually you
3: will find someone out there with a bigger stick, Just yes, yeah. <laughs>
2: eventually, eventually, you're gonna do something really bad like piss off the Q Collective, and right? Right, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, um, she uh, she says, you know, uh, instead of um, force assimilating cultures and destroying these cultures and and uh, bringing in their distinctiveness to your own, um, why not instead um, dedicate your advanced abilities to saving people and saving races and only assimilating, uh, people that want to be assimilated, that maybe need to be assimilated for some reason, where, where your advanced, um, cybernetic abilities would allow someone that maybe had some accident or some serious disease or something like that, um, where the, where the cybernetic implants and such could make their life better. And so, uh, um, the Borg Queen considers that, ponders it mm-hmm. uh, for a nanosecond or two, which is an eternity for an Android. Um, Chris gets the reference, <laughs> and yeah, okay. um, it's it from Ada uh, was talking to, uh,
3: yeah, uh, in the from movie. First Contact, from right? First Contact, yep, right. Okay, did you guys yeah. just watch First Contact, or did they? No, no, that was just that. I don't know. It's it just, just a, a common scene there.
2: Yeah, it's a scene. <laughs> yeah.
3: okay.
2: I ha- I clearly haven't seen because yeah, because it was
3: like, come on, data. That wasn't that wasn't interesting for you. And he goes, nah, I had considered, you know, considered going forward with you know the the bad option, oh, you know, for right. like a nanosecond or two. And he goes, for, you know, it may seem fast to you, but for an android, that's an eternity. You know. <laughs> yeah, He's right. like, I did think about it for quite some processing. Okay, seconds. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was not an insignificant amount of processing right. <laughs> time you devoted to it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so she, yeah, so she agrees and um, uh, ends up um, saving the life of Seven of Nine, who was uh, fatally wounded uh, in the battle with the Borg Queen for control over La Serena. And so the Borg Queen uh, ends up saving Seven's life. And uh, in the process, um Making uh, seven a Borg again.
2: Oh, I'll bet she didn't like that.
1: Actually, she did.
3: I yeah, I I would feel like so in Picard season two, what just in, in Picard in general, there's still that identity crisis almost with with her. And when sure. she, they go back into this time period, she's no longer a Borg. It's almost like a piece of her is missing because that's something that she's adopted to. Exactly. So I can see where when when she gets turned back into uh, at least a being Borg. partial Borg um yeah. that that she felt whole again
1: right exactly yeah. exactly right and she uh, even comments that you know she's she's okay with it and mm-hmm. she she um has through this whole process i guess learned to embrace her borg side whereas mm-hmm. before she was kind of embarrassed by it I guess. Yeah, it was a or, stigma, something you hide.
3: Yeah. It was, yeah, right. Yeah, right. but then once it was gone, that gave her a completely different perspective. Exactly, and, and that's how this exactly. season kind of uh, unfolds for her. You you get a sense of it. They don't they don't really drive into it, but it you could see it. It's clearly there. Sure, her identity yep. is now different. There's something missing.
1: Yep, and uh and so so I thought that was good. That that uh, that kind of restored that. That piece that was taken uh as we went back uh, as we as we went down the alternate timeline this season. Um, so I was kind of wondering how she was gonna get that back. Cause just, you know, jumping in La Serena and going back to the future, she wouldn't have been restored to a Borg, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, uh, we've got Elnor who was killed early in the season. We haven't seen much of him except uh occasional um mistaken identities by Rafi, where she thinks she sees him in a crowd but it turns out it's just somebody else right um, um
2: i mean if he was killed earlier in the season you wouldn't right. expect to see much of him
1: <laughs> right exactly <laughs> um although uh in the in the very last episode we do see quite a bit of him because um uh Gerardi um hides the codes that allow someone to take command of La Serena completely. Um, She hid them inside of a um, Elnor uh, hologram, uh, which she summons and then tells the Borg Queen, yeah, if you want the codes, the only way to get them is to defeat Elnor, the hologram, who's, (laughs) you know, a master of, uh, you know, saber rattling. It'd be kind of like, in my mind, it'd be kind of like having a, a hologram of Jenna. (laughs) <laughs> right um and uh so anyway you can't
2: a... declare that what we have to do to take over the podcast that's not
1: fair <laughs> <laughs> um that's what i'm gonna do you guys want the podcast you've got to defeat my holographic jenna with her katana. <laughs> <Madonna. laughs> that would be something yeah so it's kind of a cool scene. Uh, Elnor uh, raises a whole lot of hate and discontent, kills uh, a bunch of the newly assimilated uh, Borg um, special services people. So there's like a special services group of the military, uh, sort of like a, a, a you know, SEAL team or whatever that's mm-hmm. been assigned to um, help Adam Soong, uh, who he uses, um, uh, the group that he he uses that group to help the board queen kind of re- retake la serena so anyway Elnor just dis- dispatches them pretty easy so uh so that's an interesting uh battle scene there um but uh eventually uh, because the board queen restores seven and gerardi convinces her to change her ways um, they decide to let the board queen take la serena And so she jets off um, from Earth towards the Delta Quadrant with um, a new mission and uh, technology aboard La Serena that's 400 years in advance of what the Borg Collective currently has in this current 24th century Earth, right? Um, But I thought, it you know, that whole scene where... um, she jets off and heads to meet with the Borg Collective to change their ways, apparently show them, you know, the error of their ways and and a new future for the Borg. But she's going to go up against a Borg Collective that currently has a queen. Right? Because it's... Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that
3: would be very... Dang- well, not just dangerous, but... But you think you're just going to go there and somehow change their mind? Right. And you could right. have brought like somehow uh, a uh, um, a brainwashed queen with you, and you think you're just going to come <laughs> right. here and tell us that we're doing it wrong? <laughs> um,
2: well, I mean, it's a little bit different for Borg because remember they're part computers, so they can she'd be able to show them like all the timelines where they get their asses handed to them and be like, guys, this doesn't work.
1: Right. Well, and of course, um, she's obviously got the, the ability to interface with all of the Borg, Mm -hmm. Um, and she does have technology that's 400 years in advance of whatever they've got. So I would imagine she'd be able to fairly effectively fend off any assimilation attempt. Um, By them or their current queen. Um, Maybe she assimilates them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that was kind of my thought is that she basically rendezvous with them, links up with them, and mm-hmm. through that process, educate, re educates them essentially and changes the whole collective. Now, my only question is okay, so that's happening 400 years in the past. Mm hmm. If she changes the Borg completely, then we don't have the whole Locutus of Borg event, right? Yeah. Or none seven of that of ha- nine. Right. None, none. of that. Exactly. Interesting. So how does that? How does that square?
3: I don't know. It's it's very well. Yeah, you fundamentally change some key things that happen in the timeline from the sure. wars and everything that's happened um, where the Borg. Was doing one thing or another. Right. Um Yeah. Yeah you, yeah, you get rid of, you inter- interfere with even some key arcs from correct a lot of the Star Trek series. So that's kind yeah. of,
1: yeah, maybe that's intentional. First contact movie. Right, in,
3: in, including the first oh. contact movie. So I wonder if, if part of that could be intentional slash gives reset opportunities to go back and revisit some of those in a different happening. I don't know. But yeah. now Man. we're running across different timelines maybe. Right. The other
2: thing is she fails and the timeline stays the same.
3: She would have yep. to, to validate, I would think, everything else that, that that's already kind of happened. Right. So thanks, Q. She you're <laughs> saying, Chris, she would have to fail. She would have to fail for things to
1: remain how we know them. Yes. How they play out. Except we we know she doesn't fail. Because we see her in episode one of this season in charge of the Borg. That's true. Yeah. And they come through the rift and they want to submit an application to join the Federation.
3: Mm,
2: right.
1: Okay. Right. But uh, and we see the and we see the Borg Queen beam onto the bridge of the Stargazer. And start to take over, and there's a big battle on the bridge of the Stargazer. But and the Borg Queen is defending herself, but she's not killing anyone, she's only stunning them. Meanwhile, they're she using full phaser blast ship, to though. try to take her out. What's that, Seth?
2: She is trying to take over the ship, though.
1: She's yeah, not but we only didn't... she's not only trying to take over the ship, but she's trying to take over the entire fleet.
3: Right. Right. Which I mean, you'd think that well, no, we all we know is that she was she connected to the ship and she was taking control of the ship. However, if she had taken control of the ship, she would have been able to take over the entire fleet. I right. mean, that, that's why they were that's why they were going to blow up, that's why they were blowing up the ship to prevent right. her from doing that. If that's what was going to happen, they can only mm-hmm. assume the worst here. It is the Borg, <laughs> right? So right. did
2: they confirm that that's like the end of like that? That was the loop that happened. Is that? she was the Borg Queen coming in in that super-advanced Borg ship. Yes. Uh, well, I guess there is one other thing that she could have done is that they could have, like, with her knowledge of the future, they could have let things played out play out exactly as they did to maintain the timeline and then be like, okay... We've closed the loop and now we can be right peaceful again.
3: Well, and then, But can they, though? Because you've set expectations over yeah, hundreds I of know. years yeah. that you can't be trusted, which is, I mean, which is why you get the reaction you do when they come through this wormhole and you're like, hey, we want to join the Federation. They're like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, that uh, and so there's uh, uh, another podcast that I'm on called Trekker's Delight where we talk only about Star Trek stuff. And that was kind of um, my argument there was that, you know, Jurati goes forward, she takes over the collective, but then she forces them to behave as they would have behaved had she not taken Mm -hmm. over so -hmm. that everything transpired exactly as we expected it to. But a number of the folks on that podcast argued that that would be sort of Antithetical to Girati and her her makeup, and that Girati would not have allowed that to happen. Um, she would not have allowed all those millions of species to be assimilated and, and made into Borg, and all those worlds to be destroyed.
2: Yeah, but
1: and so that's that's a powerful argument. And they say some of them say their thought is that Girati um, goes forward. Uh, But she doesn't take over the collective. She forms her own new collective and uh, based on her new found purpose, right? And it's that new collective that we see approach the Federation. But nothing I've seen uh, on any of the Star Trek stuff indicates that that's the case, that this is a... um, you know, some people refer to it as, you know, uh, refer to the new Queen Girardi as Borgati, um, <laughs> right? So the Borgati collective doesn't seem to be separate. It, it identifies mm-hmm. as Borg, pretty much, right? So, so I don't know. That's a question that that can certainly be explored further. I think.
2: Okay, well, w- once again, we're dealing with time travel bullshit, so. Right. Right. I mean, consi- if she had gone back 400 years and changed the whole collective so that they were now a peaceful race only going around and helping people in a assimil- and like that was the Borg going forward, you would then set up a situation where she wouldn't have gone back in time with the knowledge right. of like how the Borg were the Borg wouldn't have been a threat then. It like right. you would have set up this, yeah, uh, one of the yeah,
1: it would have changed the, everything, right? You would have right. changed
2: everything, and then there would have been no reason to go back to change everything. Right. So things would have gone back to normal. So you're uh, right, paradox.
1: Right, right. right. So, so that's that's something so, that definitely needs more uh, more clarification. I think from um, right Star Trek. And maybe maybe it's maybe maybe we'll get some of that in season three. But so anyway, in, in season two, there's one more thing we should touch on before we yeah we move on. We move
3: on to uh, strange new worlds, uh, and that is Q. Yeah. So so this definitely. this whole thing started with Q. Where did yeah. we end up with Q? Do we confirm is he in fact dying? What what is yes. going on with this yes. man? Yes. Yes.
1: So what is happening is is that um q definitely is dying and so throughout this season we have seen um picard uh dealing with some very personal trauma Mm uh specifically the death of his mother so his mother had um uh very intense uh depression And she would get into these moods. She had, you know, this psychological disorder. And um, uh, the father comments a number of times that uh, at certain points that she seems to be doing better. But then all of a sudden she goes off the deep end and she almost ends up getting Jean-Luc killed as a young boy. And so the father uh, locks the mother in her room for her own protection. But the mother is asking Jean-Luc, please let me out. Please let me out. He's he's abusing me and the you know, the John John Luke as a young boy doesn't really understand everything that's going on. And he thinks his father's being mean to his mother. That's the impression that he gets um, as a young child. And so he happens to know where there's a uh, there's a fake brick and a brick wall and behind that Fake brick. There's a, a, a master skeleton key for the Picard Chateau, and so he goes and he gets that master key. And uh, in the middle of the night, and he unlocks his mother's room, and he goes and crawls in bed with her uh, to, you know, he thinks she's asleep, which she was, I guess, when he goes into the room, and and so he falls asleep with her, but. Sometime in the middle of the night, she gets up and she goes into the um, solarium and hangs herself. And so for the rest of his life, he blames himself for his mother's death. If he hadn't, yeah, if he hadn't unlocked that room, she would have been alive and maybe she could have been helped and he would have had his mother for the rest of his life. So he's lived with that trauma his whole life and he's kind of repressed it. But going back here, Q's kind of forced him to relive it. And so um, we see in the final episode um, where um, he's trying to protect his ancestor, this Rene Picard, who has to go on this Europa mission. Mm-hmm. And um, the and Q's board has been
3: meddling with that.
1: If, if you have been if meddling watching, with
3: has been meddling with that.
1: Yes. And that that meddling we also see is also part of this whole issue with Picard and this past trauma that he's living with. And Q is trying to set up a situation where um, somebody has to die to save Renee Picard, to save her life. And it turns out that that person is um, Talon, who is... Um, One of the uh, supervisors, uh, a watcher from the future tasked with, you know, safeguarding the life of somebody important in the past. And um, so in order to save Renee's life, um, I won't go into a lot of the details of it, but Talon has to die. And so she knows that this is going to happen and Picard realizes that this is going to happen, too, and he tries to talk her out of it. And she gives a great speech where she says, you're not responsible for my life and you don't make decisions for me. I'm capable of making my own decisions. You don't have to save everyone in the galaxy and everyone's death is not your fault. Mm -hmm. And I think through that, and she mentioned specifically his mother, you're not responsible for your mother's death either. And you're not responsible for mine. And after going through that, and then of course, talon does die saving renee picard's life uh, and she dies in picard's arms um he suddenly finds it within himself to forgive himself uh for that for his mother's death
3: and that had to be really hard though at that scene because talon uh resembles his love interest uh in in the laris and his laris and his and his in his timeline, in his timeline, I was like, "How do I say his, like, yeah, his timeline, right, uh, right?" All this jumping around, but yeah, so yeah, they, was- they look exactly the same except Laris is, is Romulan, so they're both Romulan, uh, or they're both are, are they both, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, because
1: thought- we see because we see at one point um Laris who looks human, or Talon who looks human. Mm-hmm. Pulls out her little servo thing and clicks the button, and her disguised ears oh, turn into okay. All ears. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So we know that she is, an apparently, uh, uh, a distant ancestor of the laris okay. that we know, which explains the resemblance. But mm. anyway, she dies in his arms, and so after that, uh, he goes back to the chateau. And he finds he's got the master key, the master skeleton key that I think he found somewhere in the chateau during this season. And he hung on to it. Well, he takes it and he removes the brick and puts the skeleton key behind and replaces the brick for his young self to find, thereby allowing that sequence of events to to happen to take yeah. place. Whereas he originally took the key and wasn't going to do that because he thought maybe I can change the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard, and my mother, should know better. right. And my mother could be alive, but then he realizes that. And as soon as he does that, he hears the voice of Q and Q, he, he finds Q sitting in the solarium waiting for him. And he said, uh, He said i told you that this um season was about forgiveness and he goes it wasn't about you seeking forgiveness from someone else or you forgiving someone else it was about you forgiving yourself and um he said you know um this was my this was my gift to you because i'm dying Mm, and okay yeah it gives the weirdest gifts I know.
3: Well, that's his that's his style. Is these yeah. trials, right? That's right. always been his thing. He's he's got this big enigma of a situation that he presents you, and this one was the messiest one of all. Yes. But uh, hey. to some extent, I don't know if Q's just a genius, you know, in that respect, to where he right. knows it's all going to work out, or <laughs> like he's not. I don't know. He's pulling strings, but he's also letting them do what they're going to do. Right. And that oh, could right. easily backfire. It like, could, yeah, right.
2: Well, is it right. just Q who's dying, or is it the whole continuum for some reason?
1: Or well, uh, we don't it's not really made clear. Um, Q specifically,
3: um, though, they let us know is we know
1: Q clear. specifically is dying, and we know that he will he is dying alone. Hmm. Hmm. Which makes me think that. You know, there is no other continuum left because he had a son and a wife in the community. Maybe he's the last one. That's what I'm wondering because oh. we don't know. I mean, he can jump forward and backward in time. So this could be thousands of years after we last saw him in the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. And he could have jumped to this point to, you know, before he died to fix something in Picard's life. Uh, But anyway, he tells Picard, you know, Picard, uh, uh, when he realizes that this whole thing was that he, so that he could forgive himself, he said, it's so that you can forgive yourself. And if you can forgive yourself um, and learn to love the person who you are, maybe you can allow someone else to love you as well. Because remember, he's never had... He's never yeah, had a relationship it's a with reward. Right. And so this could help is... with Laris then. Exactly. That's... Say,
2: he did all this to hook Picard up with Laris. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. That's one hell of a wingman, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Right. Wait, holy crap. Right.
1: So yeah. And so he said, so Picard says, Well, why? And Q's like, Well, finish the sentence. And he says, Why me? And he said, even gods have favorites.
3: Hmm. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. If anyone deserved it, you know, you yeah. figured my, my final act, I'll give
1: Picard the one thing he probably needs most. Right. And it was, uh, it was a very, very emotional scene. I'm kind of getting emotional like it, now just thinking about just it. Just thinking about it? No, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty...
3: Uh... Yeah, uh, I really, uh, I really want to watch it, wh- finish it now because yeah, um, that's pretty huge. That that's that's closing a, a chapter in Picard's life. Yeah, um, that that I don't know of any other way it could have been done.
1: No, I don't either. It yeah, it was it, it was take, amazing. It would
3: take a cue to do that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was an amazing, amazing, um, very emotional side. You have your Kleenex box ready for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and we do get a surprise cameo uh, from Wesley Crusher.
2: That's what I have heard. Been hearing. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, I've been. I, yeah. I wasn't sure when he was supposed to make his appearance. So yeah. he come
2: along with a time van.
1: <laughs> um, he. Uh, so you Referencing... know, he became he became a traveler. Right. Right. And so that's what he is—a traveler. And um, so uh, Adam Sung's daughter, Corey, uh, he comes and finds her. And his purpose is to invite her to join the uh, the travelers as a supervisor. And so she accepts that mission. So um, so they they run the, the supervisors. they, uh, try to make sure that the galaxy in the universe unfolds in the right way and that and that certain people are protected to allow that to happen, to allow the universe to unfold the way it should. So that was really a cool thing too. And um yeah there were a lot of uh, a lot of cool uh, things in the in the ending. Uh, definitely uh definitely recommend watching that. Uh,
2: yeah I've seen a couple posts from Will Wheaton who is just over the moon that he got to come back as...
1: Yeah, as wrestling. Wesley. Yeah, and I I, I watched um, After Trek with him, too. Uh, or The Ready Room, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, where he talked a b- little bit about that and uh, how emotional it was for him to be able to play that character again and kind of get some closure around it. Uh, but I, some people have commented that his portrayal was seemed more like Will Wheaton than Wesley Crusher. Um, But it was good. I liked it. All
2: right. Yeah,
1: I liked it. So,
2: I mean, Wesley was a kid when he, still a kind of a kid when he poofed out of the series.
1: Right. There's the, uh,
2: growing up to do.
1: Yeah, there's a picture of the final scene there between uh, Q and, well, almost the final scene between Q and Picard where he's explaining everything to him. Uh, But but yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, he was just a kid when he left. And um, so it was it was I I, I'm happy that he was able to be in the show and and get some closure around his characters, his character and his character's arc. So that was very cool. Um, But yeah, if you haven't seen uh, season two of uh, Star Trek Picard, definitely worth watching. Um, And uh, the ending, I thought they did a great job. On the uh, season finale, and they kind of set up uh, some things there. So we see, uh, you know, at the end, basically it it cycles back to the bridge of the Stargazer with Picard doing the self destruct, and because of everything he's been through, um, and he realizes now that um, the Borg Queen that's beamed onto the Stargazer is actually Jirati, and oh, so he okay. cancels the self destruct. <clears throat> and he finds out that Girati, uh, as the Borg queen was trying to take over command of the fleet because the Borg is aware of this uh, subspace um, rupture or something that's, that's um, being artificially generated, and we don't know by whom yet, but that the generation Ooh, of this thing... There? Yes, the generation of this thing um is going to release this um i don't know gamma ray burst or something that's so powerful it's going to eradicate the every all life in the alpha sector but that if they if the borg takes command of the entire fleet and you've got Mm -hmm. the borg and the federation fleet and they synchronize their shields uh in front of this thing they can they can block that pulse and save all the life in the Alpha Quadrant. So, uh, Picard uh, gives uh, uh, because Rios isn't there anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Rios decided to stay in the past. Um, uh, he gives a uh, Picard gives uh, Seven of Nine a field commission to Starfleet captain, mm. and gives her command of the Stargazer since she's so familiar with Borg technology. So. Um, she works with the queen, they set up this big deflector thing using all of the ships and they save the alpha quadrant. And then uh Gerardi says the Borg are going to stay there and monitor this cuz this is essentially uh when it's done, it's created uh the equivalent of a uh transwarp conduit to somewhere and they're going to monitor it to see what if anything might come out of it. And I think that goes into season 3. OK, so
2: something expecting a, uh, a new Alpha Quadrant. That's right. Yeah. For exploitation, yeah.
1: maybe. Yeah. and You know, and I think this all makes sense with um, uh, this going into season three, because, you know, if you think about and I, I've, I've read some of this online and it makes a lot of sense that um, if you remember Star Trek, the Undiscovered Country. Uh, where oh, yeah. Kirk, mm-hmm. yeah, Kirk and the the Klingons are trying to make peace and join the Federation, um, mm-hmm. right? And you know, Kirk, of course, blames the Klingons for the death of his son, his son. and yep. the entire crew of the Enterprise has had nothing but uh, negative encounters with the Klingons, and yet they managed to do a one eighty in this, in that. And realize that, you know, um, they weren't giving the Klingons a fair shake and weren't trusting them, and that they they were responsible, for, they become responsible for ensuring that the Klingons are able to join the federation. And I think that maybe season three sets up a similar um, undiscovered country, event for Picard and the crew of the next generation, which maybe explains how they come in and that um, there's some conspiracy to prevent the Borg from joining the Federation because they've they're submitting their application now. And that maybe it's Picard and the next gen crew that defeat whatever plan it is to stop the Borg from joining. And that sort of completes their arc to be from the Borg being their greatest nemesis to now them helping to ensure that they can join the Federation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think that presents a pretty good thing for season three. So, anyway, but let's jump into Strange New Worlds real quick. We're kind of already running a little bit long. Yeah, here. we're
2: already at uh, we're already over time. So, how much are you going to talk about Strange New Worlds?
1: <laughs> well, I tell you what, maybe we'll save that for the for the next show because then we'll sure, have a sure. couple more episodes in, and yeah. uh, and we can uh, we'll have a better uh, feeling about where they're going and how things are going along. But I I do so far like it. I love the first first episode so
3: yep, i'd agree give it, a, yeah. give it a give it a try if you haven't watched it I plan
1: yeah and then uh, brand new star trek s- score too which is really cool yes yeah yep. i love the opening credits and everything and uh yeah it looks like it's going to be a hell of a hell of a ride so uh check it out and uh we won't talk about it on the next show but the show after that we will have should have about three uh three of the first uh season uh shows under its belt by then mm-hmm. so Anyway, uh, I think that'll wrap it for this time. Tune in next time. We're going to be talking about uh, some upcoming science fiction uh, shows and movies, uh, as well as a, a horror, a body horror film that's coming out that might what be a body particular... horror.
2: That's my favorite kind of. One. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, we think I think our friend Benito would would love this. So, hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, join us next time for that. And uh, until then, comment take down care. below.
3: Also, make let us know what you thought about Picard.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you've watched it. So um, we will uh, catch y'all later. Uh,
2: yeah. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Check out our uh, sister shows on uh, Synergy Nation.
1: S-Y-N-N-net. All
2: right. Peace. Take so. care.
1: Live long and prosper.